Welcome to another message from Charles Millett Ministries. For more information, contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com. It's great expectations on your radio. Get clear. Let's get clear, y'all. Get focused. Let's get focused. Get moving. Great expectations. With the bishop, Charles Millet. Yeah. With the bishop, Charles Millet. You're rocking with the bishop, Charles Millet. Great expectations. Thinking small. So we got them. I, I want to challenge you these six months in this year. To stop thinking small. Stop seeing yourself less. Stop seeing what God has for you less. All right? Touch two more people. Let's try it again. See, I need you to think big. Okay. Now, the Bible is a book that's designed to express God to us. It is a book that expresses and reveals its own purpose. And there are a lot of people that don't reap the benefit from the Bible because they don't understand it. And they don't understand it because they don't give the Bible enough time in their life. And anything that you don't understand the purpose of you really can't reap the maximum benefit from. And a lot of people are not reaping the maximum benefit from the Bible because, you know, as saints of God, y'all, we got to spend more time with it. And why are you saying that, Bishop? Because it's going to help you to think big. It's going to help you to see yourself as God sees you and also see the things that God has for you. If you don't understand, you know, like you take a person that don't understand what the purpose of a cell phone is. They really can't benefit from that cell phone because they don't understand the purpose of it. So it is with the Bible. And a lot of people misjudge the Bible because they don't understand the purpose of it because they don't spend as much time with it as they should. But the Bible tells us about everything we need to know, y'all, to be wise, to be wise under salvation in particular. And it tells us the things we need to know about life, it tells us what we need to know uh, about how God sees us and what God has for us and why Jeremiah 29 and 11 is so important. And it tells us about what God has intended for our life. So I do things like um, in the morning, you know, before I get uh, going, I'll try to I'll get my Bible first because I, I want to know what God has to say or I'll get my Bible and I'll go out on the, on, on the back porch and, you know, listen to the birds, you know, talk to each other and wonder. I wonder what they're saying to each other. I wonder what they're talking about. Because they, they're, 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 they're communicating. This is, you know, this is going somewhere. They're communicating. They're talking to each, talking to each other. They, they understand each other. I hear one dog in my neighborhood start barking and three or four other dogs start barking. And I know it may sound a little crazy, but I can't help but to wonder myself. I wonder what they're telling each other across one another's fences. That's how it is with the Bible. When you sit down and you get to reading that Bible and you get to talking to God and God is talking to you, I'm telling you, there's an adversary in your life that can't do nothing but wonder. 
I wonder what God is talking to them about, what they're talking to God about. Look at your neighbor and say, thank big, thank big, thank big. I heard somebody say this, that the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Hmm. So in our scripture tonight, there's a lesson that I think will help us to grow and learn together. And in particular, in the latter part of verse 33, it talked about how God's people saw themselves compared to the land that God had promised them. And it said, we seem really, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. How many of y'all, you know, some of my millennials might not know about this, but, you know, some of us younger folk would know. I used to love to watch shows like Sanford and Son. And, (laughs) oh boy. And I, I used to also love to watch the Jeffersons. Anybody love to watch the Jeffersons? And I would love to watch George come in and get his dance. Pastor Patty tell me sometime when I dance, you, you look like George Jefferson. <laughs> but George got that spin down pat. But in particular, if, y'all re- if you ever saw that show, remember it, <clears throat> when that show would come on, not only was the show popular, it ended up being one of the, the longest-running sitcoms on uh, television and well as uh, a family favorite. But the theme song was powerful, too. And the theme song uh, <laughs> went something like this. Moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Moving on up to the east side. We finally got a piece of the pie. Now, I don't believe that they were, you know, in prayer when they got that song. It wasn't necessarily meant to be something spiritual. It may not have even had, you know, spiritual roots, but it's a message in the song. And it's a message in the song that I think can relate to uh, our time together. And uh, it, George was talking about where they had moved to, and he was talking about a geographical location. So I'm not necessarily saying that a geographical location determines whether or not you think big or whether you are big. But the essence of the song to me when I was listening to the theme song even this morning is George and Wheezy were excited because they were progressive and they were moving up. And I believe that God wants us to understand that he is a progressive God and he wants us to be progressive. And you can't think big without being willing to be progressive in your thinking. So there are several, uh, just a few points of power that uh, I'm going to cover for the next few minutes. Uh, Number one is God's design and desire that we be people of progression. Number two, growing spiritually does not fix everything, but growing spiritually improves everything. And then thirdly, you will never know who you are if you are obsessed with who somebody else is. Okay? All right, I'll give y'all a moment to just grab those so you have them, all right? God is good. Look at somebody and say, thank big, thank big. So God, God, God wants us to be progressive, y'all, spiritually too, because where, where we grow and where we go spiritually in our walk with God 
and in our everyday life determines how our life goes because our spiritual growth is the foundation and the essence for our life. And as we grow spiritually, everything else grows. The Bible says uh, in 1 John, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I wish above all things that you would prosper. Prosper just doesn't mean stuff. It doesn't mean things. It means in every area of your life. I wish that you would prosper and be in health in your career, with your family, with your business, what you do in church, in every area of your life, progressive. I wish above all things that you would be prosperous people in every area of your life. And not only be prosperous in what you do in your life and what God brings into your life, but prosperous in your health too. God don't want you to be blessed and and then be too sick to enjoy it. How many of y'all believe that healing is the children's bread? Tell your neighbor, healing is the children's bread tonight. Okay, so God wants us to grow spiritually in everything in our life because, again, growing spiritually does not fix everything, but growing spiritually improves everything. Because when I grow spiritually, I become a better husband. If you're married, you become a better spouse. You become a better church person, a better employer, a better employee. You become a better father, a better mother, a better brother, better sister. When you grow spiritually, again, it don't fix everything, but everything gets better. It puts you at a better position to handle everything else in your life. God wants us to even grow and progress, not only spiritually, but emotionally. He wants the quality of our life to actually improve. God wants us to grow in the fruit of the spirit and have stuff like joy and peace and meekness and love and patience and temperance. And kindness. How many of y'all want stuff like that? God wants us to have that. God wants us to progress in our thinking. He wants us to be like George Jefferson, to move on up. Move on up in our relationships as well. The course and quality of my life is not just determined by who I am or where I am. It's also determined by who I'm with. And when I'm with God, I'm rocking and rolling with the best. God wants us to have the right people in our life and have the right people in the right places. So our God is a God of progression and he desires that we be people of progression. He wants us to move on up. Touch your neighbor and say, we're going to move on up. Look back at him and say, but in order for you to move up, you got to be willing to move past your past. You got to think big. You got, you got, you got to see yourself like, like God sees you. And you got to, you, 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 you got to choose to think like God. Think big. Say it again. Think big. So if I'm going to move up, the only way I'm going to move up, I got to move from something. Which is bringing me to where our scripture's at tonight. Maybe. Sometimes our challenge and moving up is not about being afraid to go. Maybe it's possibly about being more connected to where we've been. There's no way that I can enjoy level two if I don't know how to let level one go. 
So maybe we need to work on asking God to help us not to struggle with just being afraid to embrace what's in front of us because we're so used to what's behind us. Wow. There's no good or no good to have a door that (laughs) will lead to your future unless you can exit from your past. Maybe we need to master the art of exiting. Maybe some people are stuck, not because they're afraid of what's in front of them, but they're so used to what's behind them. Look at your neighbor and say, but I prophesy over your life tonight. That will not be the case for you. Say, you're going to move on up. Because people who are stuck in cycles or stuck in the same place are people that have not mastered or embraced the art of the exit, how to leave. You remember God's people that were in Egypt, that were in bondage, and they prayed to God and they said, Lord, set us free. Bring us into that place of promise. We want to see the promised land. And then God heard their cries and went and got Moses and sent Moses down to be their deliverer. And they came up out of Egypt. But the only problem was when they came up out of Egypt, they started (laughs) looking at what they had to go through to get to their promise. And them folks started saying, wish to God we'd have stayed back. Why did you leave us back? We got to really, really be people. Please hear me. The first six months of the year has been great, but I believe the next six months are going to be even greater. If you believe that, touch two more people and say, let's move on up. Let's move on up. Come on, say, thank big, thank big, thank big. In the scripture tonight, what we can gather from what was happening with God's people, the Israelites, as they were about to progress into the land of promise and had to, were sent up, 12 were sent up to go spy out the land. It's something powerful in there to notice. The opinion that they had of themselves was the greatest consequence that they had to deal with. It was not the opinion of the giants. It was not even the opinion of God. It is the opinion they had of themselves. The opinion that weighs the greatest consequence in my life and in your life is how we see ourselves. That's why it's important that you think big. That's why it's important that you see yourself and what God has for you the way God sees it. The Bible says that when they looked and they saw the giants, they said to themselves, we are grasshoppers compared to them. And as a result of how they saw themselves, then the enemy saw them the same way. But I prophesy over your life tonight again. You're going to move up. You will not be stuck. So it doesn't matter what people think about us. If you don't believe it, it ain't going to matter. It doesn't even matter what God thinks about you if you don't believe it. For example, if God says to me, you are healed, and I don't believe it, I won't experience it. If God says to you, the victory is already yours and you don't believe it, then you won't experience the victory. It's your opinion and my opinion, how we see ourselves that matters. And sometimes when you're going through and you're struggling, that's why you got to do things like what I said earlier. You got to spend time with the Bible because the Bible improves the quality of how you see yourself. 
And look at your neighbor again and say, please think big. Please think big. I need you to, I need you to think big. God says you're forgiven and you don't believe you're forgiven. You're going to miss it. And the enemy is aware of what happens to people when they discover and are willing to think about themselves like God. Oh, you, 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 you got the big head, you got the high mind, you think, no, 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 no. no you, you know, for example, Solomon is never going to be able to break into the next level for his life, release music, write songs, and do great things if he doesn't believe he can do it. He has to believe he can do it. What is it in your life that God is calling you to do that is spoken to you about and the only thing standing between you and it is you thinking big? Glory to God. Seems like just yesterday, Brother White, when you were embarking upon your career and just little by little just kept just believing God and everything. And then you look up one day and you blink your eyes and you say, look at what the Lord has done. What a mighty God we serve. You know, the only way to win, I told three people this on Sunday, the only way to win is to start where you are. You start right where, so wherever you've been the past six months, no matter what it is or how large the problem or the challenge looks, the only thing that matters is how you see yourself compared to what God has said about you. And I'm going to think big. And I was sitting on the back porch this morning and I was thinking about a couple of things and the Lord blessed me with this. And I was thinking about a couple of things I needed to do. And then I thought about Bishop, how I was going to get it done. And the Holy Spirit said, why are you thinking small? Why are you thinking small? When you get to thinking and bogged down about how it's going to work, you've moved to small thinking. Big thinking is when you start speaking over it like God said. So I said, oh, praise God. God really told me, why are you stuck in a cycle of thinking small? When you get to thinking about bogged down, worried, entangled in what you're going through and what needs to happen, the reason that happens for you and the reason it lingers there, and I want to share this with you, is because you get stuck thinking small. But when you start thinking big, it's when you start decreeing and you start declaring and you start speaking over that and you get the word that God says about that and you move. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good for everybody on my road right now. I receive it too. Come on, say, I receive it. I receive it. And one of the ways that Satan always tries to keep you from advancing and thinking like God is to attack your identity. How you see yourself, how you see yourself in the situation, how you see yourself with the remaining six months of the year. Y'all remember Sister Eve in the book of Genesis? She was the one married to Adam in case y'all didn't know. But in Genesis chapter one, y'all, Genesis chapter one, God began to talk to Adam and Eve in verse 26 and 27. And you know all about that, you know, but it talks about how God created them in his image and in his likeness, okay? And then that's all in chapter one. Then over in chapter three, starting verse one, like down through five through seven, Satan comes into the picture. He comes into the picture after God is spending 
time with Adam and Eve in the garden, and he's building them up, talking to them every day. He would come and talk to them in the cool of the day, okay? They didn't have a Bible to read, y'all. Are you listening to me? So God was the Bible that they had. And the word would come to them every day in the cool of the day. And that word would come because God would constantly come and talk to them about who you are, how I made you. This is for you. This is what you're going to do. And every day God would do that. And y'all, you got, God's got to do that for us every day too. But he don't just come down and just talk to us. Every day I take a moment to pick up my Bible and I start spending time in that word. That is God increasing, God expanding, God revealing himself to me. And he did that every day, every day. And, and, and the garden, y'all, is full of animals. Because Adam has done spoken and God said, whatever you call it is what it's going to be. And it's full of animals and they're all there and, and they're growing and everything is fine. And chapter three, Satan comes over in the form of a serpent, gets to having a conversation with Eve. She eats the fruit. She was already made in the image and the likeness of God. And the serpent says to her, hey, did not God say? And she said, God told us we could eat of every tree of the garden, but we cannot eat of the tree of good and evil because the day we eat of it is the day we'll die. And he said, no. He said, that's a lie. He said, God don't want you to eat it because if you eat it, you're going to become like him. You're going to become God's. But wait a minute. She already was in his image. She already was in his likeness. Already. So now he's trying to talk to her to get her to be something by working with him that she already is. Attacking identity. Attacking image. And there, think about it. The garden is full of animals. And homeboy comes up in the form of a serpent, a snake, which is an animal too. Which means Satan likes to show up looking like he belongs. He loves to show up in what's going on in your situation looking like he belongs. That's why the devil on your job will show up looking like your coworker. He's not going to show up looking like himself because he don't want to be recognized. The devil will show up in your family at the family reunion looking like your cousin. He's not going to show up looking like no devil because he don't want to be recognized. And get this, he'll show up in church looking like a Christian. Because he always, Minister Miles, shows up looking like he belongs. And wary, overthinking, being tied down to trying to figure it out is sometimes how Satan comes looking. And he says, go ahead. Before you know it, homegirl was in trouble. And all throughout the Bible, he repeats that process. And now the people of God are about to go over into the promised land. And the pastor sends 12 spies out to look at the land. And they all come back with the same problem an image situation, how they see themselves. And this is what they said. This is what they said. This is how we see ourselves. The giants never talked. God never talked. They did all the talking. 
Your situation is only larger than you when you make it larger than you. Your challenge is only larger than you when you make it larger than you. Touch two more people and say, thank big, will you please? For God's sake, will you please thank big? You will never be able to be who you should be if you spend your time just being tied down and locked down into looking. Well, let me put it to you like this. You will never experience who you should be if you get caught up in comparing yourself to who others are. God told them, said, the land is yours. This is for you. And they went out and they looked at it and they, they saw the giants. They saw their problem larger than them. Anybody got anything right now? Anything in your life right now, honestly, that's trying to be big, that's trying to be large? I'm not going to ask you what you're going to do with it. All I want to know tonight is what are you willing to do with you? So God, God says, you got to move up in your thinking. You're not arrogant. You're not cocky. You're not conceited. But you can't stay small in your thinking. You got to tell your neighbor, say, move away from all of the small thinking. Move away from all of the small thinking. They never saw themselves as grasshoppers until they saw their their enemies and they saw their adversaries. (laughs) But God, I thank you tonight that we will not make low assessments of ourselves. Your plan for us is large and we're going to step into who you made us and we're going to step in what you have for us. Let's get clear, y'all. Get focused. Let's get focused. Get moving. Great expectations. Charles Millette Ministries would like to thank you for listening to this message. We pray that the favor of God continues to elevate your life. Our mission is to get clear, get focused, and get moving. If you want more information about our ministry, please contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com. Yeah, you on with the Bishop Charles Millet. Yeah, with the Bishop Charles Millet. You rocking with the Bishop Charles Millet. Great expectations.